Welcome to Live Yes with Arthritis from the Arthritis Foundation. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. Here, you'll learn things that can help you improve your life and turn no into yes. This podcast is part of the Live Yes Arthritis Network, a growing community of people like you who really care about conquering arthritis once and for all. Our hosts are arthritis patients, Rebecca and Julie, and they're asking the questions you want answers to. Listen in. Welcome to the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. I'm Rebecca, an occupational therapist living with rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. And I'm Julie, a JA patient who's passionate about making sure all patients have a voice. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're talking about how to keep moving while you're at home during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was really hard to do in the beginning. I think everybody, I felt frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Like I wasn't, you know, the whole world went upside down and it was hard to get moving. Yeah, I think that disruption of routine is kind of the central theme of how to get moving and how to make moving a part of your life in quarantine or non-quarantine, depending on the state that you live in and the risk that you and your family have. I know that I'm kind of reconfronting this now because I'm back in DC. And so I'm really glad to talk with Cedric today, Cedric Bryant. He is the president and chief science officer of the American Council on Exercise. And he's going to help us really understand what we can do safely from home, what we can do safely outside, (laughs) how we can get moving and how we can do it well. And he stewards the development of strategies to deliver exercise science and behavior change education in ways that are engaging and compelling recruiting more people to become exercise professionals and health coaches and equipping them for growth in their respective fields. And he's the perfect person to help us digest how to get moving and how to stay moving during this public health crisis. So Cedric, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Your expertise is immense. And this pandemic has really forced us to stay home more, work from home more, Mm -hmm. even school our kids from home and even exercise from home, which for some, that might not have been their go-to. Right? Why is it so important to maintain physical activity when you have arthritis? Well, there there are several reasons why it's important. And it really, it's it's essential. First and foremost, by maintaining an active lifestyle when you're impacted by arthritis is that it helps with your mobility. It helps you to maintain your, your strength. It helps you to maintain your overall functional capabilities, but they also help to reduce your risk for a variety of of chronic conditions and illnesses. And when you think about the current pandemic that we're in, we know that individuals who are impacted by a variety of these chronic health conditions, should they become infected, they tend not to fare as well. So there there are just a a host of reasons why it uh, would behoove individuals to try to maintain an active lifestyle during this time. How important is it to maintain physical activity, but also how much physical activity is needed each day? And does that shift at all with the pandemic? <laughs> sure, that, that, that's a great question, Julian. And, and one thing I'd like to also add in terms of another why physical activity is so important emotionally and psychologically and things that people might be experiencing in terms of anxiety and depression. So there's a lot of balls, additional balls that we're juggling in. And we already were a, a pretty um, you know, time-pressured society to begin with. I think the thing is, is that 
kind of at least hitting the minimum threshold that's recommended, you know, in terms of the, the 30 minutes on most days, in terms of, you know, accumulating to about 150 minutes per week. But understanding that that can be, it's accumulated. So it doesn't have to occur in one block of time. And, and I think particularly during this uh, stay at home period, it, it's nice to kind of think about breaking your day up into blocks, if you will, and try to commit to getting some amount of physical activity in each block. I kind of try to break my day up into a couple of hour blocks and within each of those blocks to make sure that I'm trying to be intentional about scheduling in some physical activity. I'm glad you talked about routine disruption. In my like in my life before coronavirus, I would mm-hmm. get about 30 minutes of exercise in every day, Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. because I would walk to work and it wasn't Mm -hmm. a long walk. It was a 15 minute walk or a 10 Mm -hmm. minute walk if I was going really quickly and then a five minute walk to get a cup of coffee at some point during the day. But I've lost that entirely. Mm -hmm. I've lost that that walking behavior that's just organically a part of my day. Mm -hmm. I'm in Washington, DC and walking on my city blocks is okay, but it's not comfortable to wear a mask and walk outdoors. Mm -hmm. I live in a small apartment. So our living room has become my office and also our relaxation mm-hmm. zone and also our exercise zone and also the place that we eat some meals in front of the TV. And like, it's just mm-hmm. the everything room. Right. Do you have recommendations for people who live in cities specifically <laughs> as they tackle this? Sure. And, and, and yours is a very relevant and real point for, I think, a lot of folks, Julian. And that's why I, I suggest trying to, trying to kind of uh, break up your day into blocks or segments mm. where you can be physically active, where you can just have some me time to kind of focus on your self-care and well-being. There are a lot of activity options there. It might be a, a time to go through your own little routine because there are a lot of resources on some reputable websites like the uh, Osteoarthritis Action, Action Alliance. They have some recommendations in terms of things that you can do and using household items to work on your strength, your flexibility, your balance, your mobility. We have a lot of resources on our website, um, on the, the uh, acefitness.org. It has a variety of resources you can link to in terms of uh, either you know podcasts, videos, uh, blogs that give you tips on how to use household items, whether it's you know um, milk jugs, uh, laundry detergent containers, uh, cans of, uh, of, of vegetable and soup, Paper plates to to use as as sliders. You, you ha, how to use your wall to do you know push ups and, and and squats and so forth. Those are some really great suggestions. And we have our yes tool, mm-hmm. where if you have a specific joint issue, mm-hmm. you put that in, and it'll give you some ideas on how you can move that joint and exercise. And we have a recent um, podcast guest, actually, Cindy Sank did a chair yoga demonstration nice. that we have that video mm-hmm. online. But there are lots of little things that we can do at home. Every time I go eat lunch or get a snack or get a drink and refill, I'm going up and down those stairs. So I am mm-hmm. building that in. There mm-hmm. have been times in this COVID era where I have been working so much that I don't leave my office and my husband and my son bring me everything and she's got support. <laughs> yes. That's, that's right. I have a great that, support that great system. Great family support. Um, yeah. That's right. In the first couple of months, I was like, you know, I, I took, you know, I did, I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then in the last mm-hmm. couple of months, like in the last month or so, I'm like, no, stop. Thank you. 
I need to come downstairs. Mm-hmm. I need to move. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I've just been sitting here working for a couple months straight. And I think that's one of the things that makes it hard for people who aren't used to working at home. Mm-hmm. How do mm-hmm. I build in more movement in my day? And one simple thing, right? Sit, stand, go take a break. Yeah. Stop looking at mm-hmm. that screen and mm-hmm. walk around the room or march in place or do some stretches while you stand on a, on a phone call. Well, Rebecca, I think there there's a, a real key nugget in just what you used to describe your own experience in that how you have begun to link physical activity to your normal kind of daily life routine in terms of mm-hmm. looking looking to incorporate those opportunities to take the stairs as opposed to relying on your family while it's wonderful to have that family support, (laughs) but relying on your family to bring you things when you need them, but to really put the discipline in place where you look at that as an opportunity to sneak in some physical activity. And I call those activity snacks. That's the beauty of the guidelines is that it doesn't have to be this, you know, set aside structured time where I'm going to exercise, I'm going to be physically active, but Look for ways to introduce these little activity breaks throughout the day and link it as much as possible to things that you do routinely. So, for example, if I'm sitting and watching my favorite television program, like for me, it would be a, it'd be, you know, some type of, you know, sporting event. Unfortunately, it, it would be one Not that, right now. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. but, but I, I, you know, you still watch, you know, some of the repeats and the reruns. Mm-hmm. And so, take advantage of the commercial breaks and come up with your own kind of little routine during the commercial break. Mm. You know, it, it might be where, you know, for, for the first commercial, I'm going to, I'm going to balance on one leg for 30 seconds, switch and balance on the other leg for 30 seconds. The second commercial, it might be, I'm going to do, you know, 10 wall push-ups. for the next commercial. It might be, I'm going to march in place, but look for ways to link and incorporate activity into the things that you're already normally doing. So then it, it, it just becomes the natural byproduct. Yeah, that's right. I think you, you sound like an OT. So I'm going to put my OT hat on and say, <laughs> what's made this whole transition for all of us difficult is that we've had to establish a new routine. And as an mm-hmm. OT, that's what we work on with people is how to build that routine into your day and adapt your day to what works for you to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I have a new routine that I just started about a week and a half ago. I get mm-hmm. up, I get dressed, I drink a glass of water, I make my coffee. And while my coffee's brewing now, I go on a walk. And most days my husband's coming with me. Um, I have some pain in my right foot that isn't going away. So some days we're walking a little longer than others, but I start my day Mm. off with a glass of water and a walk. And I've been doing it every morning except for when it rained. And (laughs) it feels good. And I will be the Mm -hmm. first to admit that when I first wake up, I don't always feel good and I have pain. (laughs) And I'm not saying that I'm doing this pain for you guys. My low back hurts, my foot hurts, I'm still walking and I'm making myself do it. And once I get out there, it's not as hot. And you know, I'm in Colorado and it gets super hot in mm-hmm. the day. And so early morning mm-hmm. and evening are the best times to go. But it's now my routine and I'm almost hitting the two-week mark. And Rebecca, I think there's, uh, again, some wonderful nuggets in, in what you just articulated in that you are listening to your body, for one, um, in terms of on those days when when your foot is not feeling as well, you don't walk as long. 
And that, that's just a real practical, very smart thing to do. You're also taking into account um, as we move into the summertime, the impact of the environment on how safe and how pleasurable the exercise experience might be where you're trying to get your outdoor activity in before it becomes too warm. If we just take a little time to be a little thoughtful and intentional, I think most of us can find ways to to be active, to do it safely and to do it enjoyably. And and that's really what, what it's about is kind of finding that thing or things that you find enjoyable enough that mm-hmm. you'll stick with it. Because what's the number one reason people say they don't exercise under normal conditions? They don't have the time to. That's probably not that true <laughs> in our current <laughs> period of, of, of sheltering and stay at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet people are still having difficulty exercising it. And I would assert that it's because they haven't either found the activities that are enjoyable enough for them to commit to doing them, or they mm-hmm. haven't seen the value in doing so. And I would suspect that most people would report that they, they feel better mentally and emotionally. They feel better in terms of having you know, more, more mobility and, and, and functionality. And so we can get people to start thinking about the how in terms of how they feel as opposed to how much, how long, how good I look. Mm-hmm. That it'll help give them, I think, those uh, motivations and positive feedback to stay in the game, if you will. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to being curious about those things, right? Mm-hmm. Being curious about how your body might feel if you do move a little bit, and being curious mm-hmm. about how well you might sleep that night. <laughs> That's right, exactly. My boyfriend and I spent a lot of our quarantine time with family in Tennessee. And in Tennessee, where we were living, there was really easy footpaths and trails. And it was great to go and be on them. And it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. We could get out in the morning before the day got too hot, like Rebecca was saying. And you didn't see a whole lot of people. So you could have Mm -hmm. your mask with you, but you didn't have to wear it the whole time. In DC, where I'm at now, we're returning to a lot of people on the streets, hot humidity all the time and a requirement to wear that mask everywhere you go, which Mm -hmm. I am firmly in favor of. Yay for public health. Yes. We've been trying to end our days with 10 minutes of yoga stretches. And it's just because we were sitting at the desk all day, that cat Mm -hmm. and cow exercise, the plank exercise. We don't have any equipment here. We don't have anything fancy. We don't have a lot of space, but we can do those little things and they have been really helpful. They've been really helpful. Gosh, I say between the two of you, you really don't need me here because <laughs> you're giving such you're giving such great you're giving such great advice. There's a lot of powerful things that, that you said there as well in terms of recognizing that for many of us, we are on these screens and we are in body postures and so forth that we need to address. So the way you're ending your day with the 10 minutes with the that that is that is just magnificent. One thing about the mask that I that I do think is important for your listeners to understand is that wearing the face covering, which from a public health perspective, I believe is being a good citizen. Mm-hmm. And one thing you need to recognize as it relates to physical activity is that because the face covering is going to add some airway resistance, that you're going to need to reduce your intensity level below what you're normally accustomed to. Right, because right. it is going to be more challenging, both perceptually and physiologically. So you need to, to to tone it down a little bit while wearing the mask, but you're still getting all the benefits. 
and, and it'll be a more pleasant experience than trying to push yourself to reach whatever levels you're accustomed to exercising at. I think that's a really essential thing to hear that, you know, don't go as hard, go as hard as you're able to in your current environment. And that environment mm-hmm. includes a mask. Exactly. We want to hear from you about topics you'd like us to cover in future Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. And tell us how we're doing. Go to arthritis.org slash live yes podcast. Just scroll down to the big green block at the bottom of the page and click get started to start the survey. That's arthritis.org slash live yes podcast. What are some of the other things that you have seen emerging during this pandemic time? Well, I think the one thing, all of the the basic recommendations that the, the CDC is providing in terms of the face covering, you know, hand, hand washing, social mm-hmm. distancing, um, in terms of the, you know ma- maintain that six feet of distance and so forth. It's not either or when it comes to those things. It's both and. Is is that you need to wear the face covering, maintain the social distancing. That's what provides the greatest overall pr- protection and guarding against the likelihood of transmission. So I think you just have to remain mindful and thoughtful when you're mm-hmm. out. And the one thing you do have to be aware of is that as the mask becomes saturated, its level of protection and guarding against transmission declines. And so mm-hmm. if you're going to do a, a really long workout, although it's, it's not the most convenient and, and even the most practical for some people, you may want to you know, have an additional face covering that that you could change kind of midway through that workout if your mask is becoming overly saturated. That's a really good tip. And be careful when when you when you're changing it to not touch the area that's saturated. Right. Remove it from around your ears and 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 have a have a plastic baggie where you can properly uh, contain it until you're able to get home and wash it. I really appreciate that advice. It's hard to know what that practical advice is. How do you wear a mask safely when you're exercising? What does that look mm-hmm. like? I know that a lot of people have questions about that. Okay, so I do live in the suburbs of Denver. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of open spaces. And if I'm on a walk and there isn't anybody within anybody outside and it's just me, do I need to wear my mask? Probably not. That's that's the question it, that a lot of people yeah. ask is do yeah. if mm-hmm. there isn't anybody right near me, then um I, I always have mine with me. And so if I'm walking and there isn't in the morning, usually at seven o'clock, there's nobody out there. So I'm by myself with my (laughs) husband. And so (laughs) we have our masks with us. But if we come across people, we either cross the street or we put our masks on if we can't. Um, But sometimes the trails Mm -hmm. uh, at the busier times can be busy and I'll wear my mask the Mm -hmm. whole time because you just don't know if the wind's blowing, you know. But Mm -hmm. I think that's a question that people want clarified. You know, do I have to do that with? I'm the only soul out there. Mm-hmm. And, and Rebecca, you're, you're absolutely, the, the way you're doing it, uh, again, you're the model again. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, don't tell everybody and, that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're, you know, pretty much in a, in a pretty open space where, where you can, you know, um, not come in close contact with, with others, th- then you, you wouldn't be required or expected to, to need to wear a mask in that setting. So, but the, the key is to make sure that you're prepared by having one should the environmental conditions change. Mm. Great advice. Better to have and not need than need and not have. 
Great well, that's, that's, a, that's a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, so another one of my questions for people with arthritis, like a lot of folks use swimming as their form mm-hmm. of exercise, maybe mm-hmm. swimming in a public pool, um, engaging with people in the locker room, what that, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. What are some recommendations that you might have for replacement exercises and maybe some of your thoughts about when swimming will become a safe activity again? Well, also too, like aquatic mm-hmm. exercises in the pool. Some oh, people yes. might not be swimmers, yeah. but they also do aquatics mm-hmm. and rely on walking in the pool or yeah. exercise in the pool too. Yeah. Right. A lot of it's going to depend upon what the individual has at his or her disposal and mm-hmm. in terms of what's available. And a movement like an activity like rowing could be a adequate replacement in that, you know, engaging both upper and lower body. Mm. There's the Schwinn Airdyne bike where it has the upper and lower body. So, so those types of activities can be nice. But the other thing too is that if you just really work on improving your, your strength and movement with, um, you know, typical resistance training exercises, incorporating some some cardio activity, and you can really just do some, I'll call it some virtual swimming, if you will, in terms of kind of mimicking some of the movement mechanics mm. is another option. I think it's a lot of it is going to hinge upon whether you're an at-risk individual or you're, mm-hmm. or you're living with those who might be at risk will probably dictate um, you know, your, your comfort level in, in returning to that type of activity. What tips do you have for people to just stay motivated to move? It's about establishing a routine, trying to divide your day up into blocks and having that protected time where this is my self-care time where I'm going to get in some activity and then try to supplement that with additional segments of those kind of activity breaks and really, really try to disrupt extended periods of sedentary time. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know setting an, an hourly reminder that okay, I'm not going to sit for more than an hour. Whether it's mm-hmm. you know walk into another room, whether it's to do some some act, some exercises, some stretches, what have you, but just to do something to disrupt those um, extended periods of of inactivity. It's helpful to think about how you get into a routine. It's hard mm-hmm. enough to get into a routine in regular circumstances, but yes. throw a pandemic mm-hmm. in there and, and your full routine is already mm-hmm. so interrupted. It can be tough. So those little things, I think I really mm-hmm. loved when you said, take an ex- an exercise snack. Is that what you call yeah. them? Uh, an snack? activity snack. Yeah, An activity like snack. Mm-hmm. I love that. Have that mm-hmm. short period of time mm-hmm. where you're just moving a little bit. I think that's right. really great. Snacks don't have to be just food. It can be movement. Exactly. Exactly. I have seen a lot of people sharing on social channels and beyond two things, two big themes. One is that they're either trying to get quarantoned and really (laughs) exercise and tone their muscles and do that, or they're experiencing the COVID-19 weight gain and they're Mm -hmm. feeling the corona rolls. I've heard that quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. How do we start to inch back into that exercise, lifestyle, good nutrition kind of life? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Well, I think your phrase of inch back into it is exactly how I'd recommend (laughs) people go about it in terms of uh, kind of starting low and going slow. Mm -hmm. We're going to experience one of two things. We're going to become frustrated because it's going to seem much more challenging and difficult than we remember it being. Or we could potentially injure ourselves 
um, because our bodies just have not been exposed to that level of challenge in quite some time. Mm-hmm. If you experience some unusual aches and pains or, or it just seems really difficult, back off a little bit. Give yourself a break. And just really, I think, rather than focus on performance goals, I would say focus on a process goal. And the, and the mm-hmm. process goal is simply doing something and let those process goals add up over time to where you start to return back to your performance capabilities. And then at that time, maybe start to reestablish some performance-related goals. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, it's a really helpful way to think about how to reframe exercise and reframe the approach that you take to it. Because I think, you know, a lot of us who, who made progress with their fitness, when they, when they really do take a look and they think, oh, I've got to get back to where I was before, mm-hmm. that can be a, a disheartening thing that can take some of your motivation away. But I think Rebecca has said this a couple of times on podcasts. She, she always reframes it and says something like, I know that I can get back there because I've done it before. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I love to carry with me whenever we're talking about exercise and progress and where we go and how we do it well. Yeah, it's process oriented because mm-hmm. we all have days that just knock us off our feet and that's we right. can't get mm-hmm. out of bed. But you have to be able to know that you can get back to where you were. But mm-hmm. you didn't get there overnight. It took some time. Right. and That's right. It's just a little bit at a time and it really, really can make a difference. I just, one of our connect groups, you know, a lot of our our groups used to meet in person and now a lot of them are virtual. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, you know, people kept saying is just like, "Ah, I just, I, I don't know what to do. Like I can't, you know, I'm, I'm in too much pain and how do I, how do I move? And, and I think the stress of this all has, you know, added to people's pain and anxiety, Mm -hmm. of course. So when there are those people who are having a very difficult time moving, um, Mm -hmm. are there things, gentle forms of exercise and things they can do to just get a little bit of that movement, get an inch going that you can recommend at home? For those individuals, I would recommend that they try uh, some gentle forms of stretching, even just uh, some contract, relax type you know, kind of relaxation where you you, you basically uh, contract the muscle, hold it for, you know, three or four seconds and just let it relax. The whole focus is on just having a positive experience with doing something that's activity related and really just focus on not only how it makes you feel from a pain perspective, but how it makes you feel from an emotional psychological perspective as well. Because I think by um, being able to do something positive that is that is on the continuum of activity can be empowering and really help the individual assume some control over his or her life and that their pain and the disease doesn't have the control. Just simply think of, of doing something that, that's well within your capabilities that allows you to accomplish something positive as it's, as it's correlated to movement. Yeah, I think that that's a really powerful way to think about movement and movement at this moment in time. We have to be really in tune with our bodies and listening mm-hmm. to our bodies and being okay with it. If that 
gentle contraction is not so gentle. And all of a sudden you don't think this is good. This is not the Mm -hmm. right thing, right? But also what we've seen is that, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of people have foregone medical care and Mm -hmm. have not pursued that in-person appointment or done that thing. And I think it's going to be especially important as we come out of this and as we start to take those inches, inch toward more movement and more health at home, that we listen to our bodies and know when to call that doctor and say, this Mm -hmm. joint pain that I'm feeling is not related to my exercise or not related to my sedentary lifestyle that I've had in the past little while. It's not normal. Help Mm -hmm. me figure this out. I wonder, are there particular moments that you think that's when you should call the doctor? That's when you should pursue that care? Are there are there trigger points that we could share with our listeners or is it just very personal? I think it's largely personal, but I think if your pain is on a scale uh, you know, where it's, you know, not noticeable at all to it just consumes all of my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, if your pain is close to that consuming all of your attention for an extended period of time, there, there's, there's no gutting through that. <laughs> it, it, is, it is time to consult with your healthcare provider, um, I think is, is a way of looking at that. And also, if your pain is limiting what you can do to such a degree that it is, in your view, becoming too disruptive to your mm-hmm. life, that's probably also a, a good uh, practical kind of cue that you should consider consulting with your healthcare provider. Yeah, maybe you overdid it. Um, and then maybe you should do a little bit less or if it is to the point mm-hmm. where it's consuming you, then yeah, you want to call your doctor. Mm-hmm. That's another, you know... We keep referring back to other podcasts, but the walk with Eve, <laughs> talking about you know our episode Listen on up, everybody. the benefits <laughs> of walking. That's one of that's why I endorsed before I ever you know came to the foundation. I was a volunteer, but I, I was certified to teach that walk with Ease program, and I see mm-hmm. it uses such a process oriented approach that really can help you take those tiny steps, and and mm-hmm. and it teaches you how to recognize when the pain is more than. And you should have, or if you overdid it, um, and went to, mm-hmm. to back out and went to, you know, start start over. So I think it's a great tool. But so much wonderful information that you shared with us today, Cedric. Oh my uh, I goodness. think this was Thank you. powerful. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's, it's, been a, it's always a pleasure to chat with you too. So. The Arthritis Foundation is responding to what you share in our insight survey. So far, almost half of you report having major difficulty walking. Three quarters of you report feeling fatigued. Most of you say your healthcare experience needs improving. Our ongoing survey tells us a lot, and we're taking it seriously. Keep us updated at arthritis.org slash insights so we can find solutions. We like to end every one of our podcasts with the guests' top three takeaways from the conversation that they really want to make sure our listeners take away with them. What are your top three? Okay. Um, as it relates to physical activity, I would say um, schedule it. <laughs> I would say link it to your normal activities because you're, you're more inclined to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I would say be astute enough to listen to your bodies to make sure that you're doing it at, a, at an appropriate level for, for, for your capabilities. Mm, those are great. Uh, thanks. 
Thank you so much, Cedric. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Anytime. I love what you guys are doing. This Live Yes with Arthritis podcast was brought to you by the trusted experts of the Arthritis Foundation. We're bringing together leaders in the arthritis community to help you make a difference in your own life in ways that make sense. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. The Arthritis Foundation would like to thank Sanofi Genzyme Regeneron for sponsoring today's episode. Go to arthritis.org slash liveyespodcast for episodes and show notes. And stay in touch 